Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Nerds Order music interview. Today, we have a very special guest, the lead, well, lead vocalist, the vocalist of Elsie Banks. How are you doing today? I'm so good. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for being here. Of course. Get started. So tell me a little bit about you. So my name is Aaron, and sometimes people just call me Elsie, and that's okay, too. I'll answer to Aaron or Elsie, to be honest. <laughs> but Elsie Banks is kind of a band like uh, Alice Cooper, or uh, I don't know, what's another example of like a name who it's like, yeah, well, yeah, but he was Jimi Hendrix for us. Like there's no Elsie. And at first with Alice Cooper, there was like no Alice kind of thing. Um, but I've kind of grown to answer to Elsie if, you know, if somebody just doesn't know my name, but my name is Aaron. Uh, I am one of the many songwriters in our band, as well as the lyricist and front person on stage. Uh, and we've been together since 2015. This particular lineup has been together for, I think, three years this past January. Uh, we had a couple members like uh, switch in and out within the first couple of years, which is super common. Uh, but, but yeah, this current lineup's been around for about three years and we're now a uh, five or six piece, depending on what's going on <laughs> in people's lives. Uh, but during... COVID, because obviously we haven't been able to see each other. We haven't seen each other since November, actually, but we've been a full-time streaming band, basically, and we all perform on Twitch and, and do different styles of streams and some are music and some are music production. And we've actually written like an entire fourth record through the pandemic, just digitally, uh, which is pretty cool. So yeah, the band has been getting on okay. <laughs> since since the pandemic and stuff I don't know that any not every band uh ha can say the same thing but but yeah that's just a little bit about the band uh about me what would you like to know about me I guess <laughs> what started your journey into music okay that's a good question uh I would say my journey into music started when I was born because my parents are very very musical people and they listened to good music. We talked very briefly about what kind of music you listened to growing up. My parents were the same way. They, they instilled upon me the classic rock and the eighties rock. And my mom loves Janis Joplin and you know, good shit. Uh, Aerosmith was up there, Boston, Queensryche. So I grew up listening. Yeah. Yes. So I grew up listening to a lot of seventies and eighties rock. Um, and so that kind of, I think built that ground foundation for me to start loving music at a really super young age. So I started performing when I was seven and like school talent shows and at church and stuff. And it just kind of just full speed ahead. I hit the ground running as a singer. And then my parents saw that potential and they started putting me in piano lessons, flute lessons. And eventually I worked myself up to bass in uh, like jazz bands and stuff in school. I eventually picked up guitar, uh, but like at this point, I pretty much just play keys and piano or that's the same thing. Keys and vocals. Uh, that's like my main way I write music and how music typically comes out of me. So, so yeah, it's, it's been a long, it's been a long journey. It's been a long time. My first time on stage was 1996 and I don't think I've stopped since then. <laughs> that's awesome. So when did you um, think of the band idea? Like when did the bands like start? So 
like I said, we've been, we've been together since about 2015, but it was actually, the band was an accident, believe it or not. It started because me and my, we have basically me and one other person co-founded the band together. And he actually isn't in the band. He is one of the producers and engineers that we actually have with us at all times when we go and perform. And, uh, he also is like, he calls himself the driver of the Winnebago because he owns the RV and he's just, he's one of us, but he's not on stage. Uh, but he is a producer and we were working together in a separate corporate wedding band for many years together. And then one day he was just like, so I've been watching you for, and this was like a year or two after having worked together. And he was the engineer for this band I was singing in. And he was like, I make music when I'm not doing this. Do you write music? And I was like, yeah, I have some songs. I had about eight or 10 songs that were just chilling. And this was in 2000, the end of 2014. And so right at the beginning of 2015, we had a meeting at the studio and we started doing some pre-production on, on a couple other songs with one other songwriter who isn't involved in the project anymore, but he's still a good friend of ours. His name is Aaron GTV. And, uh, it just kind of took off from there and I did an Indiegogo campaign. And part of that was to do a big release party. So the band members that some of whom are still in the band, but some who have moved on kind of came together in the process of, of creating the music. It was like, oh, well we have this intern who wants to throw some guitar on it. And it was cool. And I was like, cool. What's his name? Oh, cool. So this intern named Phil became the first official member of what the band would end up being. It didn't even have a working title at the time because it was just this passion project I wanted to do. And it was going to just be a one-off thing. Like, oh, look, I, I actually put some music out, you know, it was kind of just not really meant to be a band, not really meant to ever do anything at all. And then the people that ended up working on this project together, we were actually like, maybe we can write music together. <laughs> And that's, that's, that's literally just what happened. It was totally accidental. Nobody in the band really knew each other prior to that. It was all just word of mouth. Like, Hey, I need somebody to cut drums on this. Do you know somebody who is good for this type of music? And, and it just kind of fell into place. And, uh, that's, believe it or not, like I said, accidental band <laughs> It's very strange, but here we are six years later. I mean, Hey, even all, all accidents have a reason. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, my next question is what made you guys think of the band name? Hmm. So because of, I'm glad that you asked this second, because it'll make more sense now because of the accidental nature of this and the fact that it was just a one-off project, the band name actually was originally just the solo project name for me. It was kind of literally synonymous, synonymous with Aaron. And so it wasn't so much a group thing because I had already branded it to be just this one-off thing. And then we started to gain momentum and we, we never thought about renaming ourselves because we already started all this branding. And it was again, part of the accidental nature of all of it. And so the whole thing for me, Elsie Binks is very, very personal because it was supposed to just be my name. And Elsie is a family name, actually. It's, um, it's a maternal family name on that side of my family. And I always loved it. My middle name is a version of Elsie, which is Elise. 
And I honestly just really liked the name Elsie. So I was like, oh, maybe that can be my alter ego, my alter stage ego for this solo project because it didn't end up being my actual name. So Elsie was the first name. And then the second name was like, uh, I wanted a spirit animal kind of thing. So I was looking into names like Elsie Fox and Elsie Crow and Elsie uh, Mars also was another one of them, even though it's not an animal, but those were three of my favorite, favorite ones. And I was also very particular about being able to brand it, uh, very streamlined across all the social media. So if I couldn't get Elsie, you know, blank.com, I didn't want it. I don't want it to have to be Elsie Banks official or Elsie Banks music or whatever. It was just, I wanted it to be to the, to the point. And so my mother actually was like, what about the name Banks? And I'm like, what's that? What is that? <laughs> and she was like the cat from Hocus Pocus. I'm like, I, I think that's great. And I tossed it around for a couple of days, checked all the social media, got the domain name checked out. And it was just, it, it sank in. And I was like, I think I can do this. And hopefully one day we get a cease and assist from Disney. That's the best case scenario. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the full story. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. My next question is, what is the songwriting process for you and your band? Okay. Yeah. So obviously COVID changed it just a little bit, but even said it's, it's kind of stayed the same in the way that one person will have an idea for either a chord progression or a concept and we'll bring it to the other people either in person before the pandemic or just digitally. Now we talk a lot digitally still. Uh, every single day. And so we have a Dropbox and some of our musicians might put a demo in there and be like, does anybody hear anything on this? Like, do you hear a bass part, a drum part? Uh, Aaron, do you hear a melody on top of this? And that's honestly how we roll. Uh, sometimes individual members have written entire songs. I've written a handful of entire songs. Our keyboardist and background singer, Jen, has also written a handful of of entire songs that we've really loved. Our drummer, Darren, has also started to do this. And so it's it's really cool to watch people blossom into songwriters because I used to kind of be the, the sole person to be like, I like that riff, keep doing that riff. I need to write something over it. Whereas now it's like, we have backup. Like we have all these other minds that want to write lyrics and write melodies. And it's, it's probably one of the most collaborative bands if I had to guess it, that I it will ever exist because it's, it's so incredibly collaborative and there's no rhyme or reason sometimes, but then, you know, it, that's music. That's part of the magic is you can't plan. Sometimes every once in a while, a demo will get put into the Dropbox from anybody. And I'll be like, oh man, I know exactly what this song is, exactly what it is. And I'll be able to write it in a day. And so it, it just depends. It totally depends on the idea, but generally it's piece by piece. Somebody has an idea and then we just all build on it as a group. All right. Speaking of yeah. songs, what is the um, meaning behind the show must go on? Ah, so that's a cover song. That is a queen cover song. Uh, uh, oh, but right. yes. I, read that. I just remembered that. <laughs> It's okay, but but listen, that still works because it's we chose it very specifically. 
And it is very, I think very obviously pandemic related because we refused to stop. And I don't mean that like we continue to get together unsafely. I mean that like how I mentioned digitally, we have been nonstop. We've written an entire record. We're almost done with that record in, in since the pandemic started. We had like two of those songs started kind of in a way with structures and, and my vocal parts with words and stuff. But now we're like to like 14 songs between 12 and 14 songs. And we have only four left that are like still being built up. I've done all the vocals on all the other ones. There's four left. I got to do vocals on, and I try to do vocals last. So that's kind of to give you the picture of those other ones that are already done. Most things are done on those. And now I have four more to do vocals on, and we've written an entire album this year. Uh, and that's why we chose the show must go on actually. So it's not that it's an irrelevant question because we didn't write the song, but we very much feel, you know, those lyrics, like my makeup may be fading, but my smile still stays strong. Like it's kind of like just how everybody felt during this pandemic. It's we're all exhausted and wondering why. And then we remember, oh yeah, there's, there's a once in a lifetime pandemic happening. So of course we're trying to get through and we're trying to keep this smile on our faces, but the show must go on. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's kind of generally why we picked that one. And uh, yeah, we, we just really love Queen too, to be honest. <laughs> all, Queen is a huge influence for all, all of our members. Rest in peace, Freddie Mercury. Oh, I loved his music. Ouch, my heart. I know, I know. Like, I, it did seem very familiar to his song. I wasn't asked that, but I'm just like, I don't want to assume. So I just asked the way I asked before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, well, my next question now is, tell me about this record. I'm really excited now. <laughs> yeah, so I think, so we have uh, three records out currently, physical, like printed CDs, as well as, you know, digital, as, as well as a handful of uh, other singles that are out there digitally. And so this is our fourth full-length record. And I would, I would say every record has had a, has had a total different genre. It's had a, a different mind of its own. I, I will say that we're hard to peg when it comes to genres. And I'm really glad that you haven't asked what genre, what genre you think we are, because I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> because I feel like every single iteration, every single record has a different personality. There's different people involved. There's different songwriting processes there's different content and there's different instrumental instrument in, in words instruments uh, involved too so like it's this new one i will say is something it doesn't sound like anything else we've done some of them have gotten industrial sounding some of them have this punk rock vibe which we've never done before we've kind of dabbled in industrial before with like synth and like those really like guttural bass tones and and stuff like that but but this one is the edgiest of the music we've ever created it's definitely border on on i would say it's a border somewhere between industrial metal and punk some of the songs but then some of them are are more chill too so it's i don't know i'm really excited to kind of release the kraken if you will uh onto the world of this music because it's it's not different from what we do, but at the same time, it's so much more evolved than what people have heard us uh, put out in the past. 
I wasn't asked about the genre, but after I listened to a lot more stuff, I'm like, yeah, no, this is more than one genre here. I cannot ask that question. I'm and I'm so glad you feel that way because I really struggle to answer that question sometimes. You know, like I have it written down, but I'm over here listening to all your stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, this is not just one genre. These guys are way too diverse for that question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just stop myself. I'm like, nope, don't ask that one. I appreciate that. <laughs> so my next question is, who would you love to collaborate with in studio and on stage? You have more mm-hmm. than one option. You can ask and you can make, you can, I'm so sorry, English words. You can give all your answers. So for me personally, I, cool, so many things because my, my influences range from Disney to Rob Zombie. <laughs> like, like it's diversity already. Yeah. So for me personally, yes, I love Rob Zombie. I have not listened to his new record that came out this week though. Shh, don't tell him. Oh, Queen dragged me a new one too, actually. What'd you say? Queen dragged released some new stuff, like I think last year. Oh, I didn't, I don't know if I saw or listened yeah. or saw it. It came out more recent. Yeah, Queen Drake released some new stuff too. Oh, I need to check that out as well. Uh, and, and so it's like, for me, Pink and Lady Gaga and Brody Dahl are three of my like top shelf pedestal females. Just, and that's just in that category. And none of them are the same genre, uh, like at all, really, because Gaga's, uh cat- category category no i lost the word genre yeah for lack of the word i was looking for she also is very just every album sounds different she also has this album with tony bennett she's also been in oscar nominated movies so it, it's she's also kind of similar in the way of whatever comes out is who i am kind of thing it doesn't matter what genre it is and she she would be one of the top people for me as well as, I mean, Pink is, Pink was one of my first loves when it comes to like popular music before Disney and, or I mean, after Disney and, uh, and Broadway stuff, which was my first love actually. And so I would say Gaga and Pink. And then do you know who Brody Dahl is? Sounds very familiar. Yeah. You definitely, if you're a music buff, which I know you are, you've probably come across her music and she is the She's the front person and songwriter of the Distillers, as well okay, as yeah, as well as Spinneret, and she also put out solo music for the first time ever. I think maybe five years ago or so, and I got to see her in concert uh, in 2019, which like bucket list. She's the only punk person I would say that I will follow till my death till her death who whatever uh because I punk doesn't resonate terribly well as a singer for me like just in general I don't write it off it is what it is if I like it I like it but typically punk doesn't translate well for me because I can't sing with it but Brody is one of those punk singers that I always felt like I could sing with and so she is one of my favorite humans in the whole world and she's also probably one of those people I would just die if I were in a room this size with any of them I'd probably just I'd I'd be on the floor (laughs) be rough that's great I have a band too I would act the same way if I ever met I would lose my mind yeah band's called parents they're a metalcore group love their stuff to death nice 
the music got me out of a lot of my depression and that, that also inspired me to start up this project. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. What is the best piece of advice you were ever given when entering music? Oh, that's a good question. I think that for me, I entered different parts of the music industry at different times. And so that answer is kind of multifaceted in a way because I entered, you know, the public spotlight, call it, you know, when I was seven and everybody was just like, don't hold back. Just do what you're going to do on that stage and do not hold back. And so that was probably the first and foremost thing. I don't know if it's the most important. I mean, maybe it's the most important, but I feel like that's been definitely one of those things, th the through line through every single part of my music career, whether it was just for fun and talent shows, whether I was competing in high school, whether I, you know, I got hired for a wedding band when I was 21, did that for 10 years, almost 10 years. And, uh, and it's just, and then when I made my own band, I had to find myself again because wedding, wedding Aaron is not the same Aaron as Elsie Binks Aaron. And so it's, you have to learn how to manage those different personalities, if you will call them that, because they're different like stage personas. And I would say that probably don't hold back. Just, just be authentically you uh, is how I kind of translate that. But people always just told me, don't hold back. And I try to tell people the same thing is just be, be authentically as much as you can be authentically you as possible. You're really good advice. Yeah. Right. My next question, and probably my last one of today, is what is the future for you and your band? What is next? So obviously, you know a little bit of what is next is the next record. We're really pushing hard to get that, just pushing it out. Our goal is to have it out in September for because season changes are actually really smart for for releasing music. So that's our main thing right now is getting all this stuff done so we can have a September release for the beginning of autumn. Other than that, because obviously COVID makes everything a little bit stickier nowadays when you're trying to plan things. Uh, but right now we don't plan to start actually gigging again until we have the dates in front of us as to when our whole band will be vaccinated. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like we probably won't, I don't foresee us getting together again until we at least are all vaccinated uh, or very close to being vaccinated. We have at least three high-risk members, so and I'm one of them. And so it's, we can't really, I, I don't feel comfortable at this point getting together in one room to rehearse where our whole band sings. We all do backup vocals. So we can't safely be in one room where six people are shouting at each other. <laughs> so that kind of, is hard. It's different for bands who have one singer, right? Because everybody else can be safely wearing a mask. You can maybe put that singer in another room or farther away, but we have six members who all sing. And that's great until there's a, you know, an airborne pandemic. <laughs> and uh, so we probably won't see each other again until we're at least almost fully vaccinated. We probably won't be gigging again until I would guess June or July. But it, again, it depends on when we can all get vaxxed. 
And in Michigan, um, April 5th is the date at which anybody can get the vax. It's just going to be a matter of like when you can get your vax scheduled. And so I don't know. I, I wish I knew the future of that right now. We're getting closer to knowing as our members are able to get you know, their dates and stuff, but the future looks bright for us and we're making money on Twitch streaming, which is more than we can save while we were pounding the pavement going into the red just to play to, you know, five people at a bar who don't give a fuck, you know? So we're actually making money on Twitch doing music streaming and, and so we actually have saved up enough money to, when we are done with this fourth record, we will have money to actually pay for the CDs instead of putting it on a credit card, you know, uh, which is what I think a lot of people end up doing. I know I used to do it. And that's not a good feeling to put, you know, $800 on a credit card somewhere to print your CDs. So it's, uh, the future is really bright. I know that's probably isn't necessarily the answer that most people have given, but I don't, that's we're in a unique situation because we started streaming right at the beginning of the pandemic here. We started streaming last March. We saw an opportunity and we just fucking took it. So it just kind of worked out in our favor. We've been making money. And as soon as we can get back on the road, we're going to, but, but it's just, we're going to, we're going to take the safest approach because this album is the first priority. I think we'll start gigging here in Michigan and then maybe start trickling out into other States as we see that the Vax is getting around. But, but yeah, the future is bright, I'd say, overall. <laughs> Definitely, and I cannot wait to see what comes next, because now I'm really excited for this new record, and I cannot wait to see everything else. And the gigs, if you guys are going to other states, come up here to Connecticut. I will run over there in a heartbeat. I Honestly, we have not hit the East Coast at all. So I know that we're already planning to go to New York, because a lot we for one reason, or for, for no reason at all, we have built up a New York fan base on Twitch. We have at least four people who are like, no, I'd bring me and my friends to your show if you came to anywhere in New York. So like, we just got to keep growing in that way. And then eventually we'll be on the East Coast, you know? <laughs> yeah. New York's actually really close to me. I'm like, maybe like a state or two away from New York. So and definitely. Michigan, a state or two is like 10 hours. <laughs> okay. I know. state or two away from me from New York is like a few, is like an hour or two on the bullet train and poof, there. Yeah, which is amazing. I, I'm kind of sad that I don't live in a state like that because Michigan is just, it takes two hours to even exit Michigan. Uh, and then if you go up to Michigan, like up to the top, it's like another 10 hours up. It's, it's giant. It's too big. <laughs> Ever heard of Texas there, you? Oh yeah. We've actually been to Texas once. We played the panhandle a couple times, uh, but we actually haven't gone farther south because for that reason, it's like, you got to take a week just to do Texas. And Honestly, we can never be for that long. I went to um, San Antonio, loved it. When they go to Houston, I'm over here like, are we there yet? Yeah. And so it's like we took the time to go to the Panhandle, but anything, you know, south of the Panhandle, we didn't have time to go to because we got to move on to Arizona and, you know, all the other places that we hit over in California. Like we've played a lot of places in the U.S., but the Texas is problematic because you've got to first you got to get down to texas and then you got to be there for a week just to hit every city austin dallas like you said like there's san antonio just so many places it's insane that the size of that state is insane it really is Goodness. excuse me but yeah honestly i would go to michigan just to see you guys i really would 
Oh, thank you. That's really sweet of you to say. And I will drag around whoever I feel like bringing. <laughs> nah, actually, a lot of my friends do love what you guys do. Like, I, whenever I work with a group, I send a lot of the music over to them before I actually work with the band. And I usually get really positive responses. I have oh, not gotten oh. a single negative response yet from anyone I've sent the music I work with to. Mind That's you, I've worked awesome. with over 30 bands, and I always send their stuff over to them. And I've never gotten one negative response from any of the oh. things I sent over. And they're like me. We listen to all genres. I can go from orchestra and opera one day to straight up death metal the next. Like, I can go in between genres like that. And I've worked with groups like that. I worked with alternative. I've worked with black metal, punk rock, death metal, etc. Like, I've worked with like almost every rock, metal, and an alternative genre you can imagine. And we actually have, so Jen, our keyboard player and background singer, she actually has a degree in operatic singing. So we have opera in a couple of our new songs. Okay, now you gotta be excited. Sorry I know. For Sorry for my curse. I'm excited. <laughs> Whatever, I've sworn like 10 times. I didn't even ask you prior to this if I could swear. Oh, don't, oh, go for it. I don't care. <laughs> I realized it as I swore. I'm like, oops, I didn't ask. It's, it's not yeah, we, we have so much that is like going into this record i'm gonna record wait. flute there's actually flute on a song on our album that's what she said Ooh. and it's distorted flute and i it's in the song uh held under is which one it is on that's what she keep said. an ear out i'll make sure it's, it's in the bridge i recorded three flute tracks a couple of them are distorted actually so they don't exactly sound like flute but the flute in that song is real i played it on my flute it's actually my flute is sitting right behind me on the table i still play flute it's, and i love it i miss flute i love the little um bats on the wall there i think that's so cool oh thanks it's a blanket covering a window oh that's awesome i gotta hang up my tapestry so i have one of those lying around i gotta hang up and i have a ghost face back there but he's falling i he's see falling. that that's so yeah. cute this is actually my stream room this is like where nice. if so like if i move my camera i have a keyboard that pulls out right here and I have a looper sitting here, and this is actually how I've been how I've been streaming and making money during the pandemic. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a media room behind me. Got a little a little movie screen on the wall, like this whole like, it's like a one twenty inch theater screen, arcade, oh, yeah. freaking records. That's cool. Yeah, the machine works too. It's a blast. Nice. We actually have another studio. We have a Mrs. Pac Man. Oh, it's, is um, it from Arcade One Up? Oh, I don't know. I don't know where it's from because the where owner. Mine is. Oh. oh yeah. I'm not entirely sure where it came from, but it's a Mrs. Pac-Man like body. The the box is that, and then yeah. there's a simulator in it, and it's got like 60 games or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah the one cool. I have, it's um all they're all authentic chips from the original companies, so it's none of it's emulated. It's oh, all like that's... the original game chips. That's cool. Yep. Galaga, Galaxian, Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, yeah. Dig Dug. Uh, I'm a big nerd. You definitely are old for your age. I'll say that. Not old in a bad way, but definitely. More I, cultured. I yes, you're more cultured than more, most 23-year-olds, I will say that. No, I still use an NES, so. <laughs> and, a, and a Game Boy. But that's still, that's that's not that's not normal for most 23-year-olds. I still, that's totally commendable. I think yeah. you going going out retro. of your way to use that kind of stuff is, is really freak. cool. I still use yeah. vinyl. I still collect records and cassettes, too. I'm like, I'm super old school when it comes to that. That's cool. Plus, new bands are making vinyls now, so it's like, woohoo! Actually, yeah. Reality Suite, who was also under DI, is making a is making a, a vinyl soon, which I'm very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we hope to print, be able to print vinyl one day because we have Third Man here in Detroit, uh, 
And that's kind of, they're setting the standard, you know, Jack White's place, his, um, his store. And then there's also a literal press pressing plant. And, uh, it's really cool. And we got to do, I've been there. I got to do a tour of it. It's super cool, well, but if it's you make really bottle, expensive. If you make a, if you make a, if you make some bottles, you've got to send me one. I will. I don't even know. They're, it's so incredibly expensive. We have to hit it big on Twitch before we can consider doing that. But it's definitely something our band has talked about because we are all huge audiophiles. And just to be able to do that would be Same. a dream. I have records from the 1700s. Oh my God. Yeah. There's some opera stuff I found in some record store. No one wanted it. So I took it. It said like best of 1720s. I'm over here like, I'll take it yeah best of beethoven stuff like that and it's just like in my collection upstairs like i have my personal stash down here which is the ones i purchased and the ones i've gotten for free i thought were good enough to mm-hmm. listen to all the time and then i have like 300 more in my room just like in boxes i have to go through because when people get rid of their records i take them i try to repurpose them and give them new owners or i just listen to them myself i have stuff like funk orchestra pop beach boy stuff like that yes beach boys Got to yeah. have pet sounds on hand at all exactly. times. Exactly. Got to yeah. have pet sounds is just one of the most incredibly recorded albums of all time. For real. I still got to get my hands on that. I even got some Queen Drake albums and some um, Queen. I got a bunch of stuff in here. Yeah. My parents have, have kept their collections. They, uh, they just have, they just still have their collections and they're in their sixties. So you can imagine their collections date back to the late fifties because they started collecting when they were both kids. So it's like, they they both have records that date literally back to the late 50s and early 60s, which I is- I got some stuff in Kansas and Boston too. I got, yes. like, I got like the original Boston albums, some of the Kansas ones, oh goodness. Brad Delp is one of my all-time favorite vocalists, just all-time. Amazing. His vocals were just immaculate. Yeah, it's just the mo- some of the most incredible work you've ever heard. Definitely. And then I got stuff, like I said, from before, from 1700s. I got those old, um, what was it, Symphonic Treasure ones. They have like, they had like 20 of those. Remember those That's old awesome. ones? I do, yeah. Oh, I have, a, I'm trying to get all 20 something of them. I have like two Compilations? Yeah, the compilation ones. That's cool, but, though. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun hobby, honestly. Mm-hmm. And plus, if I ever have kids online, I could be like, and this stuff is from my era. And before, I'm over here playing Atari one day, just like nerding out the old school music. You know, I have people awesome. who go to me like, you're, you're way too old for your age. I'm over here like, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's hey, awesome, though. The old stuff was a lot more cooler than new stuff, especially in the world of comedy. George Carlin, how oh, would you still like Yeah, I agree. It was so, his jokes were so realistic. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find old stuff far more entertaining than new stuff most of the time yeah it, i think it depends on my mood because yeah, sometimes right. i'll be like i need something new like brand new i need something new new and then sometimes it's like no i'm gonna go back randomly and and dig into something like queens reich or kansas or exactly or further back and it's just like it depends on my mood like you said you're the top, same way. Osborne, Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Like, like i can go with new stuff a lot too it's more like what i'm feeling that day one day i'll go super new school and then i'll go old school the next it's like just whatever's lying around and whatever mood i'm in yeah spotify is so good for that it's like what do i want today 90s club kit or like i just i'm i'm all over the place with, with music's an adventure it really is 
Yeah. You find a lot of good stuff that sometimes you never even expect to find. The yeah. one thing I hate the most is when you cannot remember the name or the band, like the song name or the band name, it tortures you for years. That happened to me recently. I couldn't figure out the stuff for like seven years. And I didn't know where all the names just started flooding back, like flashbacks. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I remember everything. <laughs> oh, goodness. And that was like torturing me for like the longest time. I couldn't remember the names for years. And out of nowhere, Parliament, Act Street, like everything just started popping back into my head again. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. Right. Come back. It's like Maybe you need like, your old iPod files to come back on oh your little. Oh, my God. I still have my shuffle somewhere, actually. I have one, too, somewhere. But I sold my, like, the big chunky one, like, the first one that was oh big and my chunky. Gosh. And, and like, a, it's like a brick. I sold that a long time ago. And I kind of am sad about it now. Yeah, it's always fun having retro stuff collected. Like, like I have a couple cell phones. Oh, from, definitely. From especially if it's like this. Ago. I'm so sorry, you first. Oh no, it's okay. I have, I have like literally my first two, not first two cell phones, but close to my first two cell phones from like almost 15 years ago. Yeah, I have my yeah. Razor. Oh my God. The Android Razor. That was like my very first smartphone. I still have that somewhere. Oh, that was not, I had a phone with no camera. Oh goodness. The old flip phones. I didn't even have cameras back then. Yeah. My Razor literally does is a flip phone. If there's a new Razor, then I don't know what it is. Uh, my the razor I had was from like ten years ago or some shit. Back mm. when I was like first starting, actually no, eight years. When I was first starting high school. Gotcha. Uh, time flies. Time really does fly. Yeah, and you're oh. twenty three. Exactly. It doesn't uh, get better. For real. <laughs> Hell, I still flying. watch like I still watch like the old school commentary and shit like that because it's just humor back then was so much better than it is now. I definitely grew up watching that stuff, like the Saturday morning cartoons. Oh like my that. god, don't get me started on that. That yeah. was me every Saturday. I woke up, went right to the cartoons, and just chilled. Mm-hmm. I was that person, too. Hell, I have a bunch of, like, VHS tapes of all, like, old Cartoon Network recordings. The old uh-huh. commercials, the old shows. Uh, Acme Hour. Oh, man. Or Acme, however they said it back then. But no, it's like I have, like, all those old VHS tapes of all the old commercials. Just nostalgic as hell watching those. Yeah. That's uh, one thing I, I missed out on was I did not grow up with cable, sadly. So like anything that had that was on cable, I, I missed out on. And like there's things that constantly come up even still today that I'm like, what what are you talking about? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have cable till I was 16. And I didn't even really like, I don't know. I feel like there wasn't that much to watch by the time I was 16. I just like consumed all the South Park and that was it. Uh, South Park, they give no fucks. None. And I adore them. I still to this day adore South Park. Honestly, I love humor today that they, they just don't give a shit. I love that. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some shows from Japan that do that too. Well, the US versions like Ghost Stories. That was mm. funny. Basically, there's a show in Japan that did very poorly. So when it's time to bring it to the US, they just hired a bunch of comedians and rolled with it. They oh, turned it, it into a ghost, ghost Stories. It's an anime from 2003. It, oh. um, the Japanese version did so poorly because the characters were underdeveloped and a bunch of crap. When it was time to bring it to America. They just said, do whatever you want with it. We don't care anymore. Just make it make money. So they hired, oh. a, bunch of, so they hired a bunch of comedians. and it's, Now it's like comedy gold. Well, that can't be bad. <laughs> if, they, if they released it now, it would get so much hate. Because mm. the humor back then was so... 
it was fucked, but it was funny. Yeah. And people just didn't know better a lot of the time. We've learned so much as a society that it's it's like, oh, yeah, I can see how that was funny then. But it's like, oh, but now I understand why it's not a great look anymore. Yeah. You know? Like, I love my dark humor. Don't get me wrong. But I can understand why people hate it. I can I can understand that. So I never I never usually do my dark humor lessons with like my close friends. Yeah, because we all do dark humor together. Hell, we, we make fun of ourselves half the time. Exactly. As long as you know your audience, you're good. Exactly. You know, that's, that's the key. Know your audience. <laughs> Same thing can go for music. Know who you're making it. Like we'll make it for yourself, obviously, but right. It's like make sure the right people hear it. Yeah. I mean, it did, especially with with Dakota. Like actually. I should have asked this before. How did you meet Dakota? Oh, actually, so uh, it was a mutual friend. I actually didn't meet Dakota until like we already, he had already approached us about working with him because we have this super fan named Jimmy Jams and he puts up hundreds of videos every year, not just of us, but any band he goes to and, and falls in love with. It's like his passion project. Um, he's become a very good friend of mine. I actually helped him develop a website last year, and I'm I'm one of his his go to people for technology stuff and and things like that. And Jimmy Jams went somewhere with some band. I actually I just couldn't tell you what band it was at this time, but I think that band was working with Dakota or New Dakota and. Jimmy Jams was at the same hotel as Dakota and he had an Elsie Banks shirt on. And Dakota had heard of us already and was thinking about contacting us. And as the story goes, I hope I'm getting the story right, but as as Jimmy Jams has told it and Dakota has mentioned to me in the past is that they literally met at this hotel and Dakota had seen Jimmy Jams's videos of us on YouTube. And that's what had propelled him to take a look at us because we sounded good in even live videos, which isn't always the case for people. <laughs> uh, and that's one of the things. And so Dakota and Jimmy got to talking and, and he was like, yeah, I mean, they're great people. I vouch for them. And, and that's kind of what pushed Dakota that final thing. Like, okay, I want to actually talk to Aaron and, and get to know them and, and meet them. And he came up to Michigan and came to a show and and offered us you know paperwork in front of us and has been one of our huge allies and and helping hands ever since and that was uh about a year year and a half ago or so that's he's such a, he's such a good guy he really is honestly he has helped propel our brand so much since he started working with us i just he's gotten us on i'm like Spotify playlists and other other type of playlists. And it has blown our numbers out of the water. And it's been like, how'd you do that? <laughs> like, that was awesome. How'd you do that? Do it again. Like, that's so much fun. Uh, and he's he just wants to help. He just wants to see people succeed. And he's doing it for the right reasons. And that's, you know, he's not doing it for personal gain. He just wants to see us succeed. Mm -hmm. He mentioned a lot. He mentioned that to me similar as well. Like he wanted to see me succeed with this because he knows this is a passion of mine. Because mm -hmm. music is what kept me alive through a lot of dark shit. So I started mm -hmm. this up to give back. And he said to me, "I would rather see you succeed because I know you're a good person." And that just warmed my heart. Yep, that's that in a nutshell is exactly what Dakota wants. When he sees somebody going after their dream because it's what they desperately want and need to do with their life, he's like, "What do you need? How can I help?" 
and he's on board a thousand percent. That's a good dude. Honestly, I have so much respect for that man. Yeah, for real. I'm so glad he found me. I really am. <laughs> I've met some, I've met some awesome groups doing this through him. Yeah. Same. I try to keep, I try to pay attention to how many, you know, what other bands are under his uh, label at any given time. But like, I feel like he expands so regularly that like, I can't even keep up. So he it's does. like, I he expands yeah, I, a lot. I am, I'm behind. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I know that we were, we were not like the, we weren't the first by any stretch of the imagination, but we were like within the first handful that I think he started to reach out to and really push forward. Uh, and so it's like, he was rebranding when we met him, actually all his stuff, it said DI records, but it actually all said devil inside records. And it was all different branding and stuff. And he was in the process of rebranding at that point. Um, and I think he did his brand new stuff with us and those other handful of bands as that push forward for even his brand. So it's like, I was really honored to be like next generation of his own brand being pushed out with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was really honored by that, that he wanted to get us in under that wing right before he pushed himself up to like the next level. So it's, it's been pretty cool. It's been very cool. He's such a pleasure to work with. He really is. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to so many awesome people to talk with. It's it's been it's been a real journey. Yeah, and you're not even the first podcaster that I know. I what well, podcaster interviewer? I'm not sure exactly which title actually. I do both. I upload videos on YouTube and then I put then I put the audio on a podcast. Yeah. So so you're you're actually I think the second person that I know that's gotten connected through Dakota. Um, another person that now is partnered with him is Super Cool Radio. Yeah, I talk with him actually regularly. We chat a lot. Yeah, and we've been friends with Matthew uh, for a couple years now, maybe even longer than Dakota. And I thought it was awesome when I saw Matthew announce that he was working with Dakota. I'm like, yay, that's, it's such great. Like, that's just what networking is, you know? And I'm just so incredibly grateful that, that he got on Dakota's radar. So it's like, it's just, it, everybody helps everybody. There's no yeah. competition, just everybody lift each other up. You that's know? why I love the world of music like that. Everyone's there to help each other. Mm -hmm. Actually, the one who helped me figure out how to do podcasting. He's been giving me the tips I needed. Oh, good. Yeah, Dakota put me in a chat with like five people, and I was over here, my anxiety shooting through the roof. Matt was yeah. one of them, and me and Matt talk regularly about how I can improve my stuff, and if I run into any errors, I contact them. Awesome, dude. Good. I'm so glad he's helping. They've, they've both been an amazing help. Yeah. Been such a pleasure working with the guy. It really has been insane. Like I never expected this opportunity. Because like this is a thing I do for fun. Well, not for yeah. fun, but well, passion project. And it's yeah. been a lot of fun. But like I didn't expect it to jump like this. Because mm -hmm. after I worked with a band called Sepsis uh, a little while ago, yeah. they mm -hmm. told me to post what I do on their page. You know, to get some new bands to work with. I expected maybe one or two responses. You know, like like the normal response. Nah, I get ten bands messaging me, and then Dakota. I'm over here like. Wait, 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 what? Like, <laughs> like I'm hello? Still, like, I'm still trying to mentally process that. It's been a yeah. few weeks, but I'm still trying to process it. Because I wasn't expecting that outcome at all. No, I totally understand. That's but amazing, I'm, though. I'm just some random kid from Connecticut who wanted to get back to music. I didn't expect this to actually improve that fast. <laughs> or even, like, you hit the ground running and didn't even realize it. Essentially. That's, but that's amazing. That's so cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
honestly. I just want to give back to music and help all the bands get their stories out there with their music. That's why I do this. Yeah. I didn't expect to actually meet an owner of a label. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's definitely just it's it's unfortunately all happenstance you know yeah it, you just got to get on somebody's radar and like like i was telling you jimmy jams happened to be at the same hotel wearing an elsie Binks shirt like and dakota had already heard of us and he's like hey what do you know about them and jimmy had been traveling with us like being our unofficial uh we like in almost famous like a uh, band-aid like whatever we need it you know he would just pay his own way whatever kind of thing uh, and he would be a part of the crew, whatever we need. And he would also video, you know, behind the scenes kind of stuff. And that's who Dakota happened to run into. So it was like the perfect situation because Jimmy knows us so well. And it's just, it's all happenstance. Definitely. And so far, I, I'm actually really, I'm actually really glad that he found you guys. Cause this has been fun as hell. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun meeting groups like this. And I'm sad that I don't get to talk to more, like, obviously, as band members, we get to talk to a lot of interviewers and podcasters and content creators. But like, I've noticed that on Twitch, a lot of the front people actually start wanting to talking to each other, like me and Allison of Roses Unread have done uh, some like interview each other, like just hangouts, because we don't ever get to talk to each other. <laughs> like, we're always talking to the interviewers. And so there's been this, this, I'll call it an uprising or, of sorts on Twitch in like the music scene of, of doing interviews with each other because we just want to talk to each other. We haven't gotten that, you know, opportunity. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And if it's you want to get into some more bands under the eye, let me know. I can give you a few names. Yeah, I, I've worked I with a lot of, I worked with quite a few of his bands already. I can just send you over some of the accounts and names. Yeah, absolutely. That I think that would be awesome because I want to do some more stuff like that on my Twitch channel and like start to open it up and do some some like chat streams basically with yeah. other bands and kind of get more visibility out there. Actually, what is your Twitch? I'll follow you after this is done. Oh, it's just EBX underscore Aaron. EBX Aaron, gotcha. Yeah, EBX is short for LC Banks, which is why it's just EBX underscore. Yeah, but yeah, All that's right. me. <laughs> I will make sure to do that today. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. This has been such a blast, honestly. Yeah, and th thank you for reaching out. I'm glad I had time this week to figure it out. Like, I've it's been crazy. Allergies have been nasty today, so I'm glad that I, I haven't allergies. been sneezing the whole day. I get those too. It's it sucks, and I I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad I had time too because like last week I was working with ten bands that entire week, so it's like. This week was a lot less to work with, so I'm, I'm kind of glad because I have to edit like 16 videos. <laughs> That's a lot, and they're all about an hour, so it's it's not easy to to get all yeah. this content out. Usually half hour to an hour. I mean, right yeah. now because of COVID, I might able to get work because of the kind of feel I took on because it's all close proximity. So it's like those are those are all the time we're really closed down for the pandemic. So I've had nothing but time to kill. Mm. And I hate sitting around doing nothing. That's good. So I, just, so I just started this up and I'm like, you know what? Hey, more beds I take on, more editing I got to do. I got plenty of time. So I'll just do it. Makes total sense. Trust me. I'm the one, I wasn't a streamer before COVID and here I am now with the whole home studio. Fair enough. <laughs> so I totally get it. <laughs> uh, man, this, this whole idea of ours is wacky idea. started with me and my friends wanting, wanting to make a, a group for like nerds to just meet up and get along and find new shit. 
And since I'm a music junkie, I'm like, let me do a music part of this little segment. Because music wasn't originally involved in our little idea until I decided to do a music part of it. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be about pop culture, comics, anime, shit like that. And okay. I suggested to do music. So I just did my own thing with it. Ah. Yep. And we're going to be doing our first group post soon. I'm the one who's been posting so far on the YouTube. Because mm-hmm. like, they don't know what to do. Well, so, good. You're, yeah. Again, you're hitting the ground running. So it's never a bad thing. Exactly. We're going to do a little Crudge Against Humanity thing pretty soon. That game is so fun. Uh, that game is amazing. Actually, we're thinking about inviting some bands who I work with to play with us every so often. Oh, that's cool. Like a little little stream. Little Cards yeah. Against Humanity stream with some of the bands. Just I'm just play, I actually just thought of that this week. We yep. haven't done our first video yet, so I'm waiting on the idea. But like once I get that up and running, I'm definitely gonna start doing that. I think it'd be fun to bond with more than just like friends I know IRL. Yeah, and it's easier to expand that way. And also you'll get some more discovery too if you start streaming. Because we, we've actually done that. We've done Cards Against Humanity. Or no, I'm sorry. We didn't do Cards Against Humanity. We did Apples to Apples and What Do You Meme, which is a meme game. Oh, I heard like that Cards one. Against- Dude, we were cracking up, crying, laughing. Some of the meme stuff was hysterically funny. Uh, and it was it was a blast. And we had like 20, 30 people in the chat the whole time just watching us play games. And it was just me and like, it was most of the band. I think two members couldn't stay the whole time to play games. We did like, and just chatting, answering questions kind of thing. And then after that, we played What Do You Meme? And it was hysterically funny. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely checking at your Twitch after this is done. <laughs> you got me excited. <laughs> I love stuff like yeah. this. It's so fun. I, I love being able to do this, speak with bands, and just doing the whole thing in a, in a nutshell an insane opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and doing it live this. is something too that that I don't know if you're into the idea of of doing interviews live and stuff, but it is pretty fun to have a live chat running and being able to run a stream and yeah. and also be able to have your audience asking questions too. You know, like I would love to do that. Don't get me wrong. It's just my the audience I'm working with right now isn't big enough to do that. Like I only have like yeah. 40 followers on YouTube, 220 on Instagram. Like it's not big enough to where I can get a constant amount of people in. Yeah. Once that starts lifting up and I get more followers and I'm able to start doing that, I'm definitely going to be doing live interviews. Yeah. It's a cool thing to expand into. Absolutely. I think yeah. you're right. I think it probably isn't the right move right now, but I think you'll absolutely get there because you're going to just keep running. It seems like you're just like going to just keep going. You're yeah. propelled forward. You have a lot of initiative for this to just go somewhere. Exactly. That's awesome. But I just want to give back to music. That's, that's, that's why I do this. Mm-hmm. And I think so far things have been going pretty smoothly ever since I met Dakota. Yeah. And I swear, I would I don't know where I'd be without him right now. Such an awesome guy. Honestly, same. We wouldn't have had a lot of experiences without him at this point. We've gotten a lot of really incredible exposure because of him. For real. He's such a chill guy, too. I love it. Yeah. Also, his comedy is on point. I love his comedy. I feel like there's some dad jokes that live in his brain, I, I think. <laughs> I mean, hey, dad jokes are amazing too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they are. All right. Well, thank you. I should probably wrap this up. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. It's a, It's almost been an hour. See? Exactly. I know. I didn't even realize. because my. Neither did I. I just checked my phone. I'm like, oh, shit. It's almost been an hour. <laughs> it's all, all right. good. 
This has been another Nerd Order music interview. Today we're with uh, the vocalist of LC Banks, and you have an awesome day. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks.